0: Amen. I feel, feel so humbled today. I really do. Thankful would be probably a more appropriate word for the kind remarks and, and, and the prayer. Um, wise man said, if you go through life and can accumulate seven real friends, you have accomplished life's greatest of achievements. And I've not quite got seven, but I added one more. And so, as Rush Limbaugh says, ditto. I don't know if I'm a Rush Limbaugh fan club or not, but uh, he's a a radio talk show fella. And uh, glad to be here today. Thankful for the kingdom of God. So thankful for the kingdom of God. Something was done today that I I absolutely uh, fall into line with. I love, I appreciate, and am seeing less of. And that is time taken to honor headship. And I know when you start talking about headship and authority, people get bent out of shape and they get a little weird. Uh, but that's really their problem, not our problem. Um, we we understand it. At least we should understand it. And to take time today, and I know we're Pentecostals and everything about us needs to be 103 miles an hour and fast. But every now and then you just need to stop and give honor to whom honor is due. And to Bishop and then to Senior Pastor and to Brother Joel Wright. And to the men of God and women of God who serve this church, I commend you today in Jesus' name. Amen. And everything that you see in this pulpit, everything, every man that you see in this pulpit, they are the vocal part. They, they're, 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 they're the vocal part of it. There's a whole lot of good people serving behind the scenes, uh, that names are never mentioned and accolades are never given, but um, I just appreciate the kingdom. I appreciate God's government. Amen. And we're going to preach in just a minute here, but, um, it, it, it brought me to a uh, scriptural principle where a man of God was arrested and put into prison and an old Jezebel spirit uh, had tried to get him often and failed and her uh, daughter Uh, had come in and danced before the king. And in her sensual seduction, probably a little twerking, she got his attention. And he said, whatever you need, whatever you want, I will give you even half of my kingdom. And you got to understand that statement. I'll give you even half of my kingdom. And so she went back and met with that Jezebel mother of hers. And she said, here's what you asked for. You go back in and you just tell him, you, you'll you just be satisfied with the head of John the Baptist. See, John's the one that told him he couldn't have his brother's wife. And don't get quite yet. He's the one that told him he couldn't have his brother's wife. And it really made him mad. And uh, so that Herodias spirit um, wanted to take the head of John the Baptist. And so... The Bible says that they decapitated John. They took the head off of John. And it was, it was because uh, the preacher had told somebody something that they didn't want to hear. You don't have a pastor if you don't have somebody that will tell you what you don't want to hear. And let me further this story. It was some weeks later that Jesus himself stood where John stood. It was weeks later that Jesus stood in front of the same fella that mandated the head of John. And when that fella asked Jesus a question, the Bible says that he answered not a word. You can't get God to speak to you if you have taken the voice of your pastor out of your life. You can't sidestep God's government. So the minute you cut out the pastor, you have silenced the voice of God. It's not that God can't, it's simply God won't. Because he has chained himself to that apostolic government and structure. And he'll not bypass it. Not even when he could have spoken and said, I'm he or I'm not. He silenced himself and he refused to speak where they silenced the voice of his man. Honor your pastor. Honor your leadership. Love this pulpit. And you'll have the voice of God. Well, are you ready? Now, it's Sunday morning, and it's the week after Thanksgiving. And uh, I don't know about you, but I enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, I have to repent after Thursday Thanksgiving because gluttony is one of those things that we're supposed to repent of. And so I acknowledge my sins. It's ever before me. But uh there's a whole lot of me that wants to curl up by a fire somewhere and get some hot coffee and uh, hit hit the leftover pile. But but that's the natural man. The spiritual man wants to dig a little deeper here today and see God fill somebody with the Holy Ghost and some chains fall off. Amen. Amen. I appreciate my time here. I appreciate the honor and the privilege of standing in this pulpit. What what an honor, and I say that sincerely, and we have done this, but I give honor to this leadership, this pulpit, and I give honor to this church today in the lovely name of Jesus. Thank you for letting me be me. Uh, everybody else was taken, so I just decided to stay being me. I'm better being me than I am trying to be somebody else, amen, and uh, I don't mean to be offensive, but uh, sometimes you just got to rattle something to get its attention, and God is coming. The church is ready for revival. The world is ready for the church to have revival. Maryland is ready for this church to have revival. And I believe that God is setting the stage. Now, thank you for your response. I believe that God is setting the stage. God is digging. God is structuring. God is moving. God is aligning. But that 500 is not up there just to make us look good. That is the objective of this revival. That is the objective of this revival. And if God's got to take Sunday morning and revolutionize it to get that done, God will take Sunday morning and revolutionize it to get that done. We're going to have 500 people talking tongues before this season is over. Don't doubt it. It ain't time to doubt it. I know we're in the holiday seasons, but it ain't time to doubt it. Amen. Amen. Psalms chapter forty. If you would go there with me and then that little book that we read so little out of uh, Jonah chapter two, Jonah chapter two and Psalms chapter 40. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but my sweet wife had texted me and said she loved me and was praying for me. And I told her, so you got to leave me alone. You distract me when I'm trying to preach. But uh, they are watching this morning and to my youngest son. They're back in California to begin treatments tomorrow to my wife. We love you. I love you. And I'm so glad you get to watch this service today because the devil is a liar. Amen. 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 Praise God. Psalms chapter 40 verse 1 through 3. Jonah chapter 1. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song, and he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord and he hath put a new song look to your neighbor and say a new song In my mouth And he said this song in my mouth is praise unto god now watch me and many shall see it And many shall see it what my new song They're not going to hear it. They're going to so the posture of my 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 a revelation of who he is, how I act, how I stand, how I come to church. If we're going to have revival, you were right, youth pastor. If we're going to have revival, it's time for them to see my new song in my mouth. He hath put a song in my mouth, even praise unto my God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Jonah chapter 2 verse 1, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God, out of the fish's belly. Now there's a lot about this I don't understand, but we'll talk about that later. And said, I cried. Look to your neighbor and say cried. I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, thou heardest my voice. And I said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And because I cried, he heard me. And out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. It is not redundancy. It is not just repetition to learn by. But there is a reason why Jonah in 2 and 2 says, I cried by reason of mine affliction. And then because he heard me, It allowed me to cry again. I cried once, he heard me, and it produced a new cry in me. I want to preach to you today a new song in our mouth. A new song in our mouth. Would you lift your voice in your hands and would you just give God great praise here today. We've loved him. We've worshipped him. Now let's just praise him just a minute with a hand clap in our voices. Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise God. Glory. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy. There is no God like you. Even on Sunday morning after Thanksgiving, there is no God like you. jesus you may be seated in jesus name i stand today and am preaching to a congregation of people who have grown up in an era that we call the space age we have seen the end result of exploration of the universe we are the product we are the benefactors of that time that era those men But when you look back to that moment in the early 50s when the space program began, they are not as they were today. The United States launched its space program in 1958. Seven unique men were chosen to become the first astronauts. The excitement, no doubt, of Scott Graham, of Gordon Cooper, John Glenn, Gus Grissom, Walter Shearer, Alan Shepard, and Deke Slayton. These seven particular men were selected to go, literally, where no man had gone before. I can only imagine the excitement of those seven astronauts as they felt the thrill of being chosen to do what nobody had ever been done before, to go where no one had ever gone before. But yet, deep in their bellies, deep in their hearts, they knew the incredible risk That would be demanded of them They were facing the unknown world of space It had never been penetrated nor discovered It was simply the unknown But yet there was something so attractive Something so alluring about the unknown It was like the Bible calling deep calleth to deep It was something deep in them that said I don't know exactly what's out there but there's something that pulls me from the great beyond. Each of these astronauts realize that the thrill of being chosen must be tempered with the fear of the unknown future. I look around the church today and I see individuals that have come to the house of God today from very walks of life. We are different in personalities and ideas and opinions. Thank God that we are different. Thank God that we are not all cookie cutters and produced of a kind. We have different features and different attitudes and different outlooks and different characteristics. But as different as we are in all of those areas and as unlike as each other we are, there is one common thread that joins us together. No matter where we are, or where we're from, or where we're headed, the facts remain that we are all prone and given to one common denominator today, and that is trouble. I'm not going to be negative today, but help me just a minute. We are all prone to trouble. It rains upon the just and the unjust. It rains upon every nationality of people. It rains on the rich and the poor. Trouble comes to the educated and the uneducated. There is no stature of life that trouble does not find you. There is no wealth that you can amass that trouble does not find you. It doesn't matter how much money men can accumulate or amass. They will all die the same death for it is appointed unto man once to die. Everybody will face that great judgment seat eventually. If not today, tomorrow. If not tomorrow, next year. If not in the few years to come, eventually death will touch us all. And we will stand before that great and righteous judge. There are not only dangers of this physical trouble... But the greater danger to us In this building today Is the spiritual ramification The spiritual trouble that we fight For we wrestle not Just against flesh and blood But we wrestle against Spirits and principalities And powers and and rulers of darkness We wrestle against things That man cannot see But can be felt by those of us That are filled with the Holy Ghost And full of the life of Jesus Christ Somebody help me today We understand That we are not of this present world But we live in this present world And while yet trouble comes to us physically It also comes to us spiritually And if we are not careful We will let our troubles If we are not careful We will let our crises If we are not careful We will let life's dilemmas become louder And more vocal Than the goodness of Jesus in our life Hallelujah. We are all familiar here today with the old spiritual that says nobody knows the trouble that I have seen. Was it not Tennessee, Ernie Ford that proclaimed, I'm so tired and I'm so weary but I must travel on let me give you some Bible verses how about Psalms 22 and 11 David said trouble is always near me Isaiah 22 5 Isaiah said for the day of trouble is here Lamentations 1:21. Jeremiah said far reaching because mine enemies have heard of my troubles Daniel prophesied for there shall be a time of trouble Daniel 12:1. Jesus declared it in this world you shall have tribulation or trouble we are destined for it we were created for it we are built to withstand it but it does not take it off of us I preach to visitors under the sound of my voice today that you came into this place thinking I'll just go to another church I'll just step into another service but deep down in your spirit you are doubting that life Will ever be any different You doubt that things will ever change You don't believe that there's Any better way But I am so glad that you come to church On this Sunday morning today Because it gives me great privilege To preach to you Yes we're all faced with trouble Yes we all have our dilemmas And yes life is what life is But the Bible gives you Hope today The Bible gives you a choice today You can write a new song For your life Old things can pass away And all things can become new You made it to the right church You've come to the right place There's hope in the church Today Come on congregation Clap your hands In our world today, we are faced with the plight that it's getting from bad to worse. We are now into that unique season of our government where we are under the uh, responsibility of the election of a new president. And the democratic people say one thing and they've got an answer. The republicans say another and they've got an answer. But at the end of the day, the common denominator is our economy is in trouble. The moral fabric of our society is decaying can somebody help me preach a minute life is not as good as it once was even jesus declared that in the last days perilous times shall come he said it's going to get from bad to worse before i show up and if you're not careful that attitude can bring itself to church with you where you think there's just nothing worth shouting about there's nothing worth living about there's no joy left in this present world but it gives me great privilege to tell you today that the joy of the Lord is still my strength and it doesn't matter what the Democrats say it doesn't matter what the Republicans say I was glad I was glad when And they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Come on, Pentecostals. It's time to sing a new song. It's time to rejoice and let the world see the church is the answer. The church has the answer. Come on, congregation, clap your hands. Let our visitors know we believe what we're preaching here today. It is often in my travels, it is often in my travels that before, please don't judge me harshly with this, that before I can get in my seat and put my noise-canceling earphones in my ear and turn on my iPad, that my neighbor will say, how are you today? And I love people, but I love people that don't sit next to me on airplanes, You're judging me. I like teaching home Bible studies. I like winning the lost. But I don't like to talk on airplanes. They make me nervous. I don't like them. I don't like the airports. I don't like anything about it. So I have a system. And sometimes they can beat me before my system engages. And I am forced to say, I'm, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. And, and the southern gentleman in me, you know, it mandates that I say, and how are you? And I know, I know, I know where it's headed. I might as well put up the earphones and shut down the iPad because we're in for a long conversation. And I've got to tell you that nine out of ten of them say, oh, it's bad. And this is bad. And this is bad. And and that's even worse. And my wife left me. And my husband cheated on me. And my kids are devils. And my boss is an idiot. And I'm I'm trying to agree and disagree when I'm supposed to, but down deep I'm thinking, Oh God, deliver me. Oh God, deliver me. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's your neighbor at work. It's your next door neighbor at your house. You you run from them. You, you know, you, because you know they just, they've just got an aura about them. It's always bad. It's always negative. It just goes from bad to worse. I got to admit, sometimes I walk into God's churches. Here we go Sometimes I preach in pulpits Where I feel quite the same way God if I can just preach and get out of here Because it doesn't seem no matter what I say You've always got the majority that feel like That life is greater than trouble is greater than crisis is superior than that that the that, that dilemma of my life has preeminence in my world and i i refute that i i absolutely disagree with that because yea, though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death thou art with me how can it be bad if god is with me? see i'm preaching to you and you're not responding right now how can it be a bad day if he made it Visitor, you walked in here and you're depressed and you're all messed up with life. I want to tell you in the Holy Ghost, it's going to get better from here. It's going to get great from a few minutes from now because Jesus is in this house. Hope is in this house. The If the power of life and death is on the tongue, if I have the words of eternal life, could it not be said, as that Old Testament prophet said, let the weak say, I am strong. If that principle is true, does it not teach me that no matter what I am physically or by fact, I don't have to remain that? I preach to people that are sitting here today and you brought your best Sunday morning uh, facade and, and you've got your smile on just right and, and you're trying to fool those that you're sitting next to, but down You know you jacked up. You know you're messed up. You know you're in the crisis of your life. And I've got to convince you in the next 10 minutes. You don't have to sit there living that lie much longer. You don't have to act like... You come to church for somebody and you don't even want them to know how messed up your world really is and the song that you sing is woe is me. It has not been any worse than what it is right now. How can it get any worse than what it is right now? And that may be the song that you walked in with but I'm preaching that's not the song you're going to walk out with. You're going to walk out saying I never knew. I didn't know. I blows my mind. Had I known sooner? Come on Pentecostal cost us that preacher david said it like this he said in the time of trouble he shall hide me that's good david that's very good but as for me trouble seems to find me even when god hides me i'll be real if you will Uh uh-huh it just seems to me that the more I fast, the worse it gets. The more I pray, the more intense it gets. It just seems like the more spiritual I try to become, the worse the battle gets. It intensifies. Somebody say amen or oh me. It just seems like that no matter what happens, trouble has a unique Poling device and it always seems to find me I was recently stay with me just a minute, please I was recently in Hawaii or a year or two ago in Hawaii and my wife and I Celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary and we went on a whale watching expedition I know I know but you have to do certain things for the love of your life that you don't really think you're going to enjoy And there was nothing about watching whales that even remotely interested me Except the guy I was watching whales with. And so I got on the boat and I'm thinking this is going to be the dumbest day of my life. Who cares about a bunch of dumb fish? So what? They jump out of the water and splash with their tails and eat tons of food. Who cares? I go to family reunions and see that. (laughs) This preaching thing don't work out. I'm going to be a comedian. Who cares? So I'm sitting there by my wife, and I'm thinking, oh, honey, this is great. Do you see that? Oh, it was awesome. Did you see that, baby? You know how we do. Oh, baby, did you see that? I'm snapping pictures. I'm thinking, God, just deliver me from this moment. If I see another dumb whale, I want to shoot it, Lord. Now, that would be fun, shoot a whale. Now, that, I'm just thinking like a man. I'm sorry. And so I'm just sitting there, and finally this chick gets up, and she takes a microphone, puts it on her ear, and she turns on the PA, and she says, I want to talk to you a little bit about whales and the humpbacking. And she started talking about their migration pattern and where they start from and how they're born and where they travel from. And I'm thinking that that's pretty cool. Thousands of miles. And they they start over in Alaska and they migrate into Hawaii. And that, that's pretty cool. And she got talking about how they how they eat and, and, and how they attract their mates and the birthing cycle. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, this may not be as bad as what I thought it was. And then she said there's something so unique about. These particular animals. She said they sing. Now I remember in school them telling me that fish sing. But I, I couldn't quite fathom how they'd hold a mic and influence a congregation. So it piqued my interest singing fish. I've seen flying fish. But I've never seen a singing fish. And so she said... They actually sing to each other. That's how they find their mates. And and she said, they are so uniquely created. And that really got my attention. And so I began to look into... I know I'm boring some of you, but hang on. We'll get back to the Bible. I began to do a little research based on what this chick told me. And I found out that the humpback whale is one of the strangest creatures of nature. The head of the humpback whale is broad and rounded when viewed from above but slim in profile adult males can measure up to 48 feet in length with females don't don't get offended being even larger they weigh up to 40 tons graceful and magnificent humpback whales inspire all and in young and old alike these marine mammals travel great distances to take advantage of the breeding grounds and feeding spots north pacific humpbacks for example mate and give birth in Hawaii, and then travel back to Alaska each summer to feed. But the uniqueness of this animal does not stop there. Humpback whales are also commonly known for their unique aspect. These gentle giants are famous for their singing ability. Hmm. Uh, so they will sing seductive ballads to attract mates, and vibrant melodies to challenge other would-be suitors, and humpbacked or called mammals that sing the song of the sea. Scientists have been able to gain special knowledge about these singing creatures. For instance, both male and female whales can produce sounds. Males appear to produce organized songs with distinct themes and melodies. The deeper they travel, the more they sing. I'll say it again. The deeper they go, the more they sing. See, in the church, we've got it quite backwards. We think going deep in the Holy Ghost brings about a quietness to us, a reservation to us. But when you've gone so deep in the Holy Ghost, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done for me, myself, Then, then, then the scientists say the darker, the darker they pierce the deepness, the longer and the more intricate the songs become. So I'm following the scientist right, he said that mammal is so uniquely designed that God gave him the ability to sing a song that is produced by the depth that he travels and the darkness that surrounds him. I wished I was preaching to Pentecostals here today that believe this. I would to God some visitor would be shaking their head right now saying, that explains my trouble. That explains my crisis. I've just got to rewrite the lyrics of my life. I just, I just feel like hitting the pause button here a minute And, and then talking to a visitor face to face I was preaching several years ago In the state of California And there was a young lady sitting about on the second and the third row And I got to preaching on failures and mess ups And crises and dilemmas And I made a statement I said there's nothing that you can do in this present world That would keep Jesus Christ from loving you And there's a few folk that believed it and, But I noticed the statement bothered her So I felt like the Holy Ghost began to deal with me, and I backed up, and I said it a different way. I said, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. Christ forgives all. There is nothing. There's no depth. There's no darkness. There's no sin. There's no act that God's grace cannot wash and cleanse and make whole. It can fix whatever's broke. It can fix whatever's broke. It can fix whatever's broke. And I feel that same urgency in this pulpit this morning. I want to tell somebody today. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care how educated, uneducated, wealthy, or unwealthy you are. I don't care if it's your first time or hundredth time here. There is nothing you've done. There is no place you've gone. There's nothing that you've done or been done to you. That the God that I am preaching about right now doesn't love you beyond measure. That can't fix you, can't help you. I don't even know if I'll get to finish my sermon. I feel that kind of urgency for you right now. You have walked into this place with your facade and your mask on. Acting like you're in control of your world. You're not. You're not in control of it. You're so depressed. You're so messed up. If something doesn't help you, you're going to commit suicide in just hours. But I stand in this pulpit this morning and tell you that there's a new song. That you don't have to sing the same old crisis. You don't have to be the same individual. There's hope in the church. There's a God that lives abundantly in the church. Come on congregation you've got to help me reach for this person here today. Come on visitor. You do not. You don't have to leave like you've come. After After a few minutes of preaching, I made an altar call. She stood so cold and so reserved, Pastor. I walked up to her and I grabbed her hand and I said, I I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. And she did that and trying to be cruel and hard. And she moved her hand out of mine and she said, I don't believe any of that. And I said, but you do. You just don't know how to. You do. You do that's why it brought great offense to you you say it can't be that easy you say it's more complex you say it's absolutely not that easy and she said if you knew what i had done you would know that God can and I knew there was hope because she had already done the math problem, God And I said, my job's over. Now it's God's turn. I said, ma'am, listen to me, girl. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. She said, yes, it does. I said, it doesn't matter. Because of God, it doesn't matter. She said, you're telling me that if I have committed murder, that God forgives it. I said, the commandment from the Holy Ghost is thou shalt not kill. I said, you have committed sin. You have erred greatly in the body. The same author and the same law said to him that is weary, to him that is broken, to him that is destitute, to him, you got to help me Pentecostals, to they that are lost, to they that are hopeless and helpless, I have come that they might have life. And I'm going to tell you today, visitor, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what the dilemma and your crisis of your world is. Jesus Christ is the answer. The hope of the church is still the answer. A few minutes and I'll close. I know that probably the content of a great sermon is not mammals of the sea. But I think the intriguing things about these whales are applicable to the church in the fact that the pattern, not only do these creatures sing, but their song patterns change gradually over time. According to the location that they're in, the depth that they're traveling, or any present circumstance, they have the ability write and to sing a new song. Let me tell you something. How you act on the mountaintop is not how you're going to act in the valley. And the song that you sing on the mountaintop, it ain't going to fly in the valley. But the song of the valley won't fly on the mountaintop either. So you need the ability to discern where I'm at, what's going on with me, and look around at the present circumstance and say, last week's song won't fit today's verses. The lyrics of my life last week are not the lyrics of my life today. So I'm going to take a quick look around and I'm going to write it according to my present circumstances. I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death or I may be standing beside still waters. I may be in green pastures, but the common denominator of it all is thou art always. This mammal has the combination of high and low pitched groanings. They that have studied the whale say their songs are noteworthy because these giants of the deep are continually changing them. New patterns are added and old ones are eliminated so that over a period of time, that whale, that same whale, gets a new song at least once a year. Man, the preacher in me wants to pause right now and say, when's the last time you wrote a new song? You come to church and you sit in the same spot. You clap the same way. You jump the same height. You run the same pattern. You say the same things. Your trials are different. I'm just going to pause and take a water break. I contend if you've got the same song, it may be time to change it. Increase the tempo a little bit. Create a new tempo. Write new music. God's mercies are fresh every day. How can you have the same stale song? I got news for you. I refuse to talk more about my crisis than my deliverance. That's why very few texts are answered or or responded to. In the past several weeks I appreciate the prayers I appreciate the concern Please don't stop I get them But I'm not going to keep answering everybody About the negativity of my life Either God's got it Or God doesn't have it I said either God's in control Or he's not in control He's not almost in control He's not somewhat in control He's not halfway in control He's either all or none I said he's either got you Or he doesn't He either loves you or he doesn't. He doesn't love you on Monday and hates you on Tuesday. He loves you or he... My God. He either died for you or he didn't die for anybody. He died for me or he could not have died for you for God so loved. I think we're done right here. I'll finish it later. I think we're done. I think there needs to be an altar call. I think somebody needs to feel the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Let, let go of that hardness. Let, let go of your crisis. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. My God, have mercy. I feel the love of Jesus here right now so strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. You made it to the right place. Come on, visitor. I'm so glad you're here. You block out everything but my voice right now. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad you come to church today. I am so glad you chose to come meet Jesus today because your world is fixing to change. Words, words are so strong. Words become vehicles of victories or defeats. Words structure life. I'm preaching to people that grew up with parents that every other word was stupid and ignorant and dumb. Everything about your life structured you, shaped you to believe that you were inadequate. Let me preach just a minute to you, sir, ma'am everything about life has positioned you for you to believe that you could never rise above your crisis. Unable, unhappy, handicapped, unworthy, unlovable, failure, falling. Those are synonymous terms with your name, your life. You start every new day believing you know exactly how it's going to end. You start every victory understanding that it will end with the rug being pulled out from under you and crisis will swallow you. You believe that nothing good can ever come out of life. And that is the song that you sing every day of your life. But the Bible gives me hope. The Bible gives me hope. The Bible says he's going to put a new song. He's going to put a new song. You know what you need to do here today? You need to trust this preacher. I know they've lied to you before, but I'm not lying to you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I wish your neighbor would help convince you what I'm preaching is right. In just a few minutes, you need to come to this altar. Yes, you need to come right down here because it's a sign of obedience. You're going to take the trip. You're going to come to the altar. You're going to lift up your hands. And before you're done, he's going to take out that old ugly song of your life and he's going to put a new song. He's going to put, you got to help me. He's going to put. Job, stay standing, there we are, I'm done. Job, Jonah, that man that should have done better but didn't, knew to do better but didn't, could have been better but wasn't, found himself fleeing from what you're going to try to flee from today. God in your life. And already you're planning your strategy and your exit already you're shaping why you're not going to walk to this altar and why you're not going to taste and see that the Lord is good but before you exit the building let me try one more approach Jonah this is what I want for your life and Jonah couldn't believe, Jonah wouldn't believe that something good could happen and so he climbed on a boat and the Bible says stay with me sir, listen to me The Bible says that God prepared a great storm. The elements didn't do it. Weather pattern didn't change on a whim. God said, I'm going to get your attention one way or the other because I want to put a song in your mouth. And the Bible says God prepared a great storm and the storm got so intense that they threw everything overboard trying to lighten the load to survive. And finally Jonah got wise enough and he looked at those companions on the boat and said, I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is me. I'm the problem. I, I mess up everything in my life. I do everything Paul said it best. Come on, visitors. Paul said it best. He said, that that I would do, I do not. Listen to me, ma'am. That that I would do, I do not. Because I don't have the power to do what I really want to do. Because every time I try to do what's right, I do wrong. I'm going to quit smoking. I had an uncle that said it every family reunion. Every time we got together, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm never going to smoke another cigarette. He lasts about 30 minutes till his hands started shaking. You know, the, the, the drug addict, I'm quitting, I'm done. The guy that beats on his family, I'll never do it again. And you get into the cycle of that. That, that I would do, I do not. I want to do right, but I can't. You know why? Because you haven't found the who. The last verse to that context said, who shall deliver me? The world can give you what, but only God can give you who. Stop looking for a fix and find a solution. I wish there was a hundred visitors I could preach to this this morning. Hear me today. Hear me today. Jonah, you're the issue. And the Bible says that they threw him overboard. And then the Bible says, and the Lord prepared a great fish. And dude swallowed Jonah. And the Bible says that he was three days. Three days. Now, I, There's a lot about this. I don't. I can't fathom. I can't wrap my head around it. Listen to me. The Bible says he was three days. And in my text, I read to you where he said, And I cried by reason of mine affliction. Let me tell you what you must do today. You must cry out about your dilemma. Because if you're going to sit there and act like everything's fine, if you're going to keep lying to your wife, your husband, your kids, and to yourself, that you can fix it, that you're in control, that you can quit when you want to, that you can stop when you think you're tired, you're never, you're never, ever, ever, ever going to get the new song. But if you'll fess up, if you'll stand up and fess up, if you'll just say, I am out of control, and the world cannot fix me, but this preacher says that God can. So God, here I am. I'm telling this church, we're entering a vein of the Holy Ghost where people are going to start getting the Holy Ghost. It is a reaping, harvesting moment for this church. And the Bible says he cried. Hear me? So this morning, I looked this verse up because it just staggered me that he cried twice. He said, I cried because I cried. Watch me. He said, I cried because of my affliction. And the Bible says he heard me. God will never leave you where he finds you. You won't have to cry twice. You won't have to say, help me, help me, help me, help me. Oh God. That should have caused a revival right there. You won't have to keep coming and keep coming and keep. You just gotta do it one time. Help me. I'm out of control. Help me. You feel that? That's what I'm talking about. That's the spirit of help here today. Now you're responding like you need to respond. Come on, church. And he said, help me. And the Lord heard his cry. And so everything I know about Jesus dictates to me that I do not have to beg for Calvary. I don't have to beg for forgiveness. I just must ask for it one time. So I looked at why Jonah had to cry twice and I found out he didn't cry twice because the word cried is written twice but it does not mean the same thing. The first time he cried unto the Lord, it was because of oppression. It was because of the prison. It was because of the dungeon. And he said it like this. When I look around here, I have no help. I have no hope. I've got to find something real. And he remembered God. And he cried unto the Lord. And the Bible says he heard my cry. And out of the belly of hell cried I. Watch The next time the word cry, out of hell, I cried out of the belly of hell. You know what that word cry there means? Because of my circumstances of deliverance. He didn't fix Jonah to save Jonah. He saved Jonah to fix Jonah. I don't think you got it. You're waiting to clean up. You're waiting to fix up. You're waiting to get it all right. You can't do it without God's help. All God wants you to do is jump to your feet right now and say, I need help. I need Jesus. And he'll take that old song and he'll give you a new song. And the cry now will be different than the So, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It is my privilege to tell you that no matter who you are, what you are, what you've done, where you're going, where you've been, what's been done to you, no matter what level of hurt, no matter what level of pain, no matter where you find your life today, there is a new song. Haven't you been singing the same one long enough? Haven't the hurt mounted to its height? Isn't it time? Don't you deserve something different now? Stand with me today Stand with me today (laughs) Oh God There are a few here today Lord That don't believe yet I'm pulling on them God I'm trying to convince them Now it's your turn I've done everything Humanly possible God But now it's your turn And so I'm just going to tap you And step out of your way God But they're definitely here, just like you said they would be. She's here, just like you said she would be. And she's behind that hard facade, God. She's behind that cruel mask of, I'll hurt you before you hurt me. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get her to trust God. But that's why you're God and I'm not. And so now, now... God, I release you to do what only you have the power to do. I release you to massage that heart, God. To soften that exterior, Lord. To let them believe, let them believe what the word was preached. That he can give a new song. Regardless of life and circumstances. Regardless, regardless, regardless. That you are God and there's no God like you. That you're a Savior and there is no Savior beside you. If there is a sinner... If there is a visitor, there's a backslider, if there's somebody that does not know Jesus today and they're standing next to you, this service was built for them. Today was built for them. Come on. I need you to come today. I, I, I need you to come today. Come on. I, I, come on. Come on. That's it. I need you to come today. Church, don't disengage yet. Don't disengage, church. I'm going to need you now more than ever. There needs to be a shout of praise from the congregation. The atmosphere has got to be charged. Come on, mother. Come on. That's it. I'm so glad you're coming. I'm so glad you're coming. Come on, prayer warriors. Come on. Hey, I'd rather you offend them by inviting them to offend them but not. Come on. Come on. They're just waiting on you to come with them. They're just waiting on you to ask them. They're just wanting to come. They may act like they don't, but they really do. They were made and created for this environment. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, we're going to come to you. We love you enough. We're going to come to you. We're convinced of this enough. We're not going to let you get out of here without asking you to come. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on. Come on. Please don't leave until you've tried it. Please don't leave until you've tried it. Please don't walk out of here wondering. There are several in this altar seeking the Holy Ghost. That's the way you should be. All right, altar workers. All right, prayer warriors. Come on. Come on, saints of God. Press in. Press in. Come help me. Come help me. Come help me. Come help me. Come on, sir. That's it. Come on. Thank you, prayer warriors. Thank you, elders. Come on, that's it. Thank you. Come on. Come on, this altar needs to be charged. This altar needs to be charged. Come on, sir. Pray them through right in the altar. Pray them through right in the chair. That's all right, too. If you're going to be touched of God today, you're going to have to open your mouth and you're going to have to cry into the Lord. Yeah, he'll read your thoughts, but he wants to hear what you say right now. Come on, I'm telling you this. How easy it is. Lift your hands. This is how easy it is. Lift your hands. Here it is. I surrender. The universal sign of surrender is the uplifted hands. I. Come on, lift your hands. You want God? Lift your hands. You want God? Lift your hands. Close your eyes. The reason why we close our eyes? We block out everybody. We don't want anybody interfering with you and Jesus. Now, from your heart from that thing that beats inside you say what you feel I need you my life has been cruel my life is unfair it just seems like nothing ever works say it, whatever language whatever lyrics to your song is, write it tell him they hurt me they abused me I've never gotten over it. He walked out on me. Go ahead. Don't stop. Come on. Come on.